Welcome to Lounge, Lift, Learn. Real talk with Black therapists, where we have conversations that uplift, inspire, and empower. I'm Lysandra. And I'm Shelby. Welcome to the lounge. Welcome. I am Lysandra Gordon, and I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. And I'm Shelby Smith. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Today, Shelby, I would like to talk about self-esteem and relationships. And I got this um, conversation from a quote I read on Facebook. Um, I'm going to read it to you all. And after I read that, I thought this is definitely something that Shelby and I need to talk about um, on the podcast. So it says, honestly, had I loved me better, I wouldn't have been in some of the situations I've been in. And I thought like, man, had I loved me better, I really wouldn't have. And I think about that. And I said, this is really important to discuss because if we can talk about it, maybe you can clue in. And by you, I mean our listeners um, sooner than we did. Um, I was I was in junk a lot longer than I needed to be simply because I didn't love me enough. And I love me. Mm, we know. But some of those situations, it did make me question myself. What about you? Such a relatable topic. I have also been in those situations and I see clients constantly come in with this issue, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I'm usually the one asking the question, like, how much do you love you that you're staying in that yes. or that you're putting up with that? Where do your values lie? There's so, this is a loaded statement. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so happy that we're jumping into this today because this topic really lays the groundwork for all of your relationships. What do you accept in your intimate relationships, your family relationships, work environments, all of that. Mm -hmm. And we got to make sure we're putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy you're bringing this to the lounge. Yeah. And we got to know who we are because knowing who I am affects my circle. Everybody's Mm -hmm. not welcome in my circle. I'm not welcome in everybody's circle. I don't even want to be in everybody's circle. Um, And So when you say it lays the groundwork, it sincerely does, because a lot of times my lack of self-esteem makes me want to jump into spaces that I don't that don't serve me well. Um, I can think back to um, relationships that I stayed in too long with guys that did not care about me. They said they did. You know how they do. Oh, they look you dead in the eyeball and they say you deserve better than this. and I'm going to do better. And then they don't. They're snakes. They're conniving. All of that. (laughs) I mean, I've been there, right? I think a lot of women can relate to this. Mm -hmm. And so in my own personal experience, it's for me, it was emotional abuse. Mm. Like you're going to cheat. There's these love triangles, like lots going on. And I'm just going to stay with you because I just love you so much or so I thought. But at the cost of not loving me. And so where did that come from? Like who... Who shaped me? Who shaped my self-esteem and all that? Mm-hmm. We we have to dig deeper into that. We do. We're going to go there. Yeah, we do. I'm so sorry I cut you off. We do have to dig deeper in that. But it, it comes from, like, we we always talk about in our offices who models, who models that for you. Mm. Um, and so our parents are our first models, good or bad, you know, We learn from our parents. And so what do boundaries look like? Boundaries are directly related to self-esteem. So um, like you, I'm often asking my clients, um, how are you loving yourself? How are you loving yourself if you allow this? Um, 
a lot of times I'm, I'm trying to direct people back to themselves and they're constantly talking about their partner. And mm-hmm. I say, I want to have a conversation with, how's that affecting you? Well, he, how is that affecting you? How are you loving you? Well, Lysandra, it's not always comfortable talking about ourselves. Absolutely. You have to do a lot of reflection and have a lot of awareness to go there. I don't want to admit when I have work to do, work isn't fun. And so you, you've got to be in an open place to go here. But I want to go to the, the place of what do you mean by your family relationships, um, whether they're modeled in a good way or a bad way, can affect your self-esteem. How does that even work? How do you see that coming up? Well, our parents, our parents shape us like we're shaped, um, just like a coffee mug is shaped. Um, and so we're shaped in our childhood. And when my parents are loving and nurturing and caring um, and have healthy boundaries with me, that means they say no. They don't actually give me everything I want, but they give me so much that I want. Like I that sets me up. That nurturing is telling me how amazing I am and how smart I am and what I can do. And this world is my oyster. What do I want to do? You can do anything you put your mind to, blah, blah, blah. All of those things are the things that our parents pour into us. My father, I had an amazing father. My father, um, this is a funny story. My father was very annoying. Okay, look, I say I had an amazing father. And let me tell you how he was annoying. He was annoying because he was very loving. So when he would come in, no matter how old I got, I was greeted with the forehead kiss. Um, and it's like, hey, sugar. And that's just how my daddy would talk. And so when we would be out on outings, I'm a girl. He would walk me into the inside of the street. And he would say, young ladies walk on the inside. Real men walk. My man, my father opened the doors. If I go out now with my brother, he will pay the bill. Mm-hmm. So there are things I don't reach for my purse. I don't, I don't reach for doors. Like I am expecting fully for the, the people to know that I have value. You know what I mean? Like, I have value. And so for me, self-worth defines your value. And that self-esteem, I break these up, is how you think about yourself, like your body image, how you look. Um, Your self-confidence is how confident you are in your ability. Yes. And so these are three aspects of self-esteem. And most of the time we hear self-esteem. And I've met with people that say, I really love me. And they they love them. They are very confident in themselves. So that self-esteem is high. But the way they value themselves in relationships is very low. I love that your daddy was so loving to you. Let mm-hmm. me just say, good job, Mr. Gordon. Yes. I love it. Um, and at the same time, I think while our parents pour into us and they mm-hmm. shape us in that way, how our parents value themselves yes. is what influence us as well, right? Absolutely. So if you have a mother who has a difficult time setting boundaries with others, or mm-hmm. she's always running around not taking care of herself, mm-hmm. you're going to be taught that too. And you Absolutely. begin to internalize all of those values. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a problem later on as well. So just paying attention to what your foundation was telling you mm-hmm. is the first step. Like you want to become aware of where your self-esteem and self-worth, self-value mm-hmm. was was growing from. Yeah. And I think it the way that looks looks different at different times and seasons, like our age, um, college. Like I think back on things I went through in college. They're not things I would experience now simply because of my age, simply because of how my relationships 
have evolved, how my sense of self has evolved. Um, and so when I look at that, um, the boundaries that I have and the, the self-esteem that I have when it comes to forming friendships is, is in a different place than it was when I was college age. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that when I was in college, um, I was willing to accept different things because I wanted to be accepted into different groups, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I'm willing to shift my value because I needed, I wanted to fit in. In mm-hmm. some ways it was like I needed to survive because I was all out in college that wasn't near home, mm-hmm. right? So that that's definitely um, worth talking about. But, you know, Lysandra, I think there's, there's some difficult examples of family modeling for us or us personally experiencing self-worth issues or self-esteem issues. And so I think for myself, there was a lot of being looking for attention Mm. from men because dad was very busy with work, Mm -hmm. right? And dad was a a provider. He worked very hard. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But dad wasn't always there to show me that attention. And Mm -hmm. so I'm looking for that in men, whether that was negative attention, Mm -hmm. right? Like if we're talking about sexual activity Mm -hmm. when I wasn't ready for that, or we're talking about respect, how you talk about me to your guys, things Mm -hmm. like that. That's huge for Mm -hmm. women. that really shaped me too. And daddy didn't even realize that that was a thing. Yeah. So now he's going to hear this podcast and be like, what? We need to talk about it. But I'm ready, daddy. <laughs> so that's that. Talk about it. Um, I also am looking at, you You mentioned how dad shaped you. I think, you know how parents, my mom was very good at saying, that girl is not your friend. <laughs> right? Yes. And I had all these friendships, but she would point out specific girls. That girl is not your friend. And I would blow my mom off and go, whatever, that's my friend. And then something would happen. But not only did my mother um, tell me and point out that person isn't your friend, I also saw her model. Yes. Having very healthy friendships. So she didn't just say it, she lived it. And so being able to witness my mother um, have very close girlfriends, have, um, what do you call? um, Acquaintances? Sure. Because I was like, (laughs) because they're a little closer than acquaintances. They're not that far. So I'm looking for something in the middle. But you know what I mean? So you have people in different levels in your life, in different spaces. And watching her model that out um, was very helpful. Um, And when we don't have that, we generally are trying to fit in and make things work. And that goes back to that quote, had I loved me better, I wouldn't have hung out with this chick in college. I wouldn't have dated that dude. I wouldn't have stayed in this abusive relationship. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up because it reminded me that not only do I have this past, am I an individual, but I have a role as a mother, mm-hmm. right? There's probably a lot of listeners who are parents out there, mm-hmm. and you need to hold yourself accountable to, like you said, mm-hmm. not only telling our children what we see, but guiding them through it through our own example. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be more intentional about that as well, because I'm starting to see the little girls come up to my daughter, and I'm like, ooh, we're going to have to let her go. <laughs> but I also got to let my daughter make her own decisions, and mm-hmm. that is how we begin to build the self-esteem of our youth. Mm-hmm. So just wanted to drop that dime there. Absolutely. And then that that healthy boundary, knowing how that self-esteem is going to impact If I'm jealous in relationships, it's going to impact the types of mates I draw myself toward, you know, so that it's so important. And um, we need to know that every relationship isn't meant to be long term. Some some friendships 
some relationships are seasonal. That's right. Think of people you work with. Like, not everybody that you've worked with, you stick with. And some you do. And so the question is, when do you put up the boundary Mm -hmm. in those relationships? Because some people don't know when to end Mm -hmm. those seasonal relationships. Like, what are the red flags or the signs that you are toxic? You need to back back. What is that, Lysandra? I think when the relationship is no longer serving you, Hmm. when when you're being hurt in it. You know what I mean? So your self-worth helps you see that this is inevitable. This is ending. This is coming to an end. But when my self-worth isn't there, my barometer is off. So I am not necessarily recognizing that I'm being hurt. Um, And so when I come into a counselor's office and we ask them questions like, how are you loving yourself? How is this harm? How is this loving you? How is this harming you? I don't think they've ever, a lot of the people that I'm dealing with have ever thought to question, not necessarily do I love them, Mm. but do I love me? Because how is this harming me? You know what I see a lot? I see a lot of I do so much for other people, so much for my friends, my Mm -hmm. family, and I'm not being poured into. And it speaks to that. It speaks to the, how is this harming me? Well, Mm -hmm. I'm putting my energy into you and I have no energy left. And that, I think, goes back to the, you know, our Mm self-worth. Do you love yourself? Is how much time do you spend on yourself compared to what you're pouring out? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Here's... I'm going to tell you this story. There's this, okay. So we're talking about knowing when to end it, right? Okay. So I dated this guy way back in the day. Story time. It's story time. <laughs> I dated this guy back in the day. And um, you ever, okay, I think I'm cute. I love me. I think I look good. Okay. You're I need, okay. You're I'm, okay. Listen, I'm just telling you because when I get through saying what I'm about to say, I think I look good. You ever dated a guy that you thought was out of your league? Absolutely not. Like, he was fine, fine. And I was like, (laughs) you want to holler at me? Like, I was having all of that. So it was just like, okay, okay, I'm doing it. This dude was fine. So we're hanging out at dude's house, right? Um, And I look to my left out of his window, and there is a naked man standing, (laughs) looking into his window, just there. And I look at the guy I'm dating, and I you just, you, something didn't sit right. He was comfortable with it? He's just comfortable. Like, I can't imagine my husband being okay. I can't imagine my, my brother being okay. Like, what is happening? Okay, okay, so, okay, he fine, though. He fine, fine. So I let it go, right? Wait, so so you didn't I, I didn't get yourself. up and leave. Oh I, I'm just saying, because he was fine. I need you to understand. Self-worth, okay? Listen, follow me. So, okay, I stayed with him. I didn't stay with him that night, but I stayed over that night. I came back to his house on a different occasion. And his best friend answers the door, and he opens it butt naked, telling me he was in the shower. <laughs> I left. <laughs> And I was like, I don't care how fat he is. I'm right here. And I never heard from, talked to, or called that man again. I'm just saying. So that season was up. Like, <laughs> Shelby, why are you crying, Shelby? 
Something's wrong with your decision-making process. No, nothing is wrong with my decision-making process. I looked and saw it was too many naked men. If you on a download, if you on a DL, say that. If you like men, tell me that up front. But it's too many naked men running around in this apartment. So I'm going to just be out. Like, my self-worth said, girl, we deserve better than this too many naked men running around here. I just believe you made this story up. I did like, this not is not real. Make this up. That's that's traumatic. Yes. Were you able to look at a man normally again after all this hanging that was <laughs> L- going on? Listen, all I knew is I was getting my butt off that side of town and going back home. Uh-oh. And um, yeah. That was how that happened. So, again, listen, I know that's funny, y'all, but at the end of the day, you got to know when to let something go. And I let that go. It was too much penis in this story. I'm so glad you got about that situation. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing that, of You're course, welcome. because I don't got nothing like that. You you done topped me. Um, however, oh my God. it speaks to when you need to walk away. And I'm glad, you, again, glad you walked away, but not everybody does that. There are some women who say, oh, he's too fine. We're going to have beautiful babies. Like, mm. they're so far in the future yeah. that they can't focus on the right now right. and how they're being impacted. Mm-hmm. And thank God you weren't considering the future in that moment, I, the right now. I couldn't. Consider the future. Because all I saw was he going to cheat on me with one of these men. He probably was. Oh, my God. You got tested, right? I got all okay, the way good. tested. Good, good, good. So, Shelby, we we keep talking about boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to go a little deeper. Um, and I want to d- define boundaries because we throw the word around. Um, and so boundaries are um, the things we set in place to keep us safe. And I always use it in, I describe it a lot in sessions as as a house. So in my house, um, me and my husband have full access, right? Um, We have keys, we have the alarm code, we own the pass, we got all that. We have full access. Um, My brother has keys, he has the alarm codes, he has access, but he doesn't override and disrespect our boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? So he rings the bell when he comes to our house, even though he has a key. So he recognizes the boundary. If I had a brother who didn't respect that boundary, he would no longer have a key. And so there are other people, though, um, they they can pop over, like the best friend. They can pop over. They don't have to call me. They can come in when my house looks like trash. You know what I'm saying? So they they have access, but they can't just walk in. Right. But if I'm home, they're welcome. And then we have those people where it's like, no, I'm locking the door. You can ring the bell and I'm not going to answer. And so our boundaries are fluid and they're flexible and different people have different access. And you need to be able to push back on people that violate, you know, your personal space and then be able to allow in the ones that really honor and love you. Absolutely. And I think it's important to also break down the types of boundaries mm-hmm. that we can have in relationships. So there's emotional boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to make me feel this way. Right. Um, mental boundaries, spiritual boundaries. Absolutely. That's a loaded one. Um, you have the physical boundaries. You can't touch me. You're not going to hit me, things like that. Mm-hmm. Financial boundaries is something that is being talked about more and more um, in their in couplehood. Like we are either going to share finances. This is what we're going to spend it on. This is, we're not going to be reckless. And, and the boundaries can go on and on in so many different ways. Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's important to know that they take different forms, that it's not always physical, who I let into my circle and who I don't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so far beyond that. Yeah. And so if we don't define those boundaries in all those areas, then how do we know when they've been violated? Mm-hmm. Right? So I need to know when my, when my house, has, somebody has come into my house, my alarm goes off. I've mm-hmm. been violated. And so when somebody lays their hand on me, I've been violated. Um, and so you don't get to have access that you're not given. And whether that is emotionally, personally, you don't get to have the access. And, and, and I think we have to do better at setting boundaries with ourself mm. and with others. So not only do I not like to be touched without you having permission, therefore I shouldn't touch you without your express permission. So that boundary goes both ways. Wow. And when, see, I took that in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So when you said set boundaries with ourselves, I was thinking, you know, I'm on a weight loss journey. I'm not going to eat this donut. That too. That is a boundary. Mm-hmm. As, as small as that may seem, mm-hmm. like what we're feeding ourselves, you know, can go back to boundaries. Um, again, a boundary of who am I going to let speak into my life? Mm-hmm. I'm very particular about what churches I go to mm-hmm. and who prophesies over me and Absolutely. things like that. Because who you can't let you who prays for you, who's mm-hmm. praying over you, all of that. Like you have to be aware of the different energies around you. I'm Absolutely. So, so important. You got to know your values. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked about that. But if you don't, it, it, who sets your values Ooh, you know, it was supposed to be me who set up my my values, mm-hmm. right? But there are moments that I would say that other people had to step in and set values for me. Mm-hmm. There are moments where husband has to step in and protect or say something because I don't always realize a line is being crossed, mm-hmm. right? And that's something I continue to grow in, even as a therapist. What? Therapist isn't perfect? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So we should be the ones setting our values. Absolutely. And it comes after what you're saying, the Mm self-reflection of this is something that I've either learned from or grown from and I realize I enjoy, such as honesty. If I have a man come around me and I value honesty and all of a sudden he's lying about little stuff, Mm -hmm. he's got to go. He's got to go. Like that's just a boundary I am not going to allow you to cross. Period. Because our values are ours and they're personal. And so... The what ifs of setting boundaries, like when you have to say, well, if I if I tell him he can't come over, what's going to happen? I guess you don't need to come over. You know, like at the end of the day, don't be afraid to disappoint people. And I think people that struggle with boundary setting and self-esteem, they don't want to disappoint people. I don't want anybody upset with me. You're hitting it right on the head because... I think we make it sound like when you set boundaries, Mm -hmm. you're going to be so much healthier. Things are going to be going so well. Mm -hmm. Things are flowing in a positive direction. But it don't always feel like that. It feels sometimes like a consequence because people are not used to other people setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. right? They don't like it because it causes them to shift and have to make uncomfortable decisions about how they're moving, causes them to Mm self-reflect. And so don't expect boundary setting to be a walk in the park, because if you're not used to doing it, it's going to be difficult, just like anything else in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have to you you have to be okay with the discomfort. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with people not liking you 
people because here's the thing you have you have this continuum between selfish and selfless Ooh. and i tell people you don't want to be selfless and you don't want to be selfish and you got to find your way to the middle and but we all fall on one of the ends you know of that spectrum so anytime you're moving in the other direction if you're a very selfish person Every single time um, you move towards selflessness, you feel like you've given yourself away. But the flip side, and this is where those boundaries come in. If I'm a selfless person and therapist is like, you have to say no. I feel so selfish. And people have to be okay with with not feeling okay because it does get better. That you you can't like like for example, you can't half set a boundary. Like how you half lock a door. Ooh. That's a great point. I think you made it. Like, I think that was your point, Shelby. How do you half lock a door? You either lock the door or it's open. You you have to be comfortable. And so I think that's like, um, Shelby, I think I want to hear from you because you were talking about um, boundary setting tools. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. That was me. How do you set a boundary? Mm-hmm. That's the real question, right? Because you said, oh, you just have to say no and be direct. Uh, not everybody's used to that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I did this to somebody in my past. I use ghosting as a boundary setting tool because, baby, I didn't want to tell you that you weren't for me. You were so nice. You, I just couldn't. And shame on me, yes, right? Like, really that was not bad. Nice. He, he was a very nice man. <laughs> He's probably listening to this. He's very you know, intelligent, but I just couldn't. And so that is something I had to work on is mm-hmm. it's okay to be direct because you have to value yourself to be direct and verbal about these things. So ghosting is not a proper boundary setting tool mm-hmm. unless there is some type of violence included in that, right? If there is some physical violence against you, you don't want to sit there and talk it out and try to fix leave. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it's very dangerous when you know people try to leave domestic violence situations. So I, I need to disclaim that. Yeah. But it's important that you don't engage more than you need to. Absolutely. So a ghosting is only okay in that way. But we want to be verbally direct. Yeah. And I would I would even use the word assertive oh, yeah. versus passive, which is like, I'm just going to ghost you or passive aggressive. But being assertive, being able to, because I don't want to be aggressive. Aggressive, I'm, I'm harmful with my words. Yes. But just asserting myself saying, this isn't, this is no longer serving me. Because you also have to think about this. You have boundaries that you set with others and you should have boundaries you set with self. And when you violate um, your own boundaries, then you are letting people violate you. So when people violate you, understand you're allowing that. So realistically, you're violating your own boundary. And to add to that, Mm -hmm. you don't always owe people an explanation. Right? If Mm -hmm. you feel, I don't want you talking to me like that, Mm -hmm. no, I don't need to explain that to you. Mm -hmm. If you feel you don't want to go somewhere, I don't need to tell you why. It is what it is. And if people feel like they need to push against those boundaries, That's inappropriate. It's disrespectful. And you need to see it as so, so you can continue to be strong in boundary setting. You know, A, no is a complete sentence. We hear that all the time. But I give this as an example. So roll with me. And it's a short one. Um, When you say to people, no, and they say, oh, Shelby, can you please? But can you please? And people, I don't care how sweet they sound. I tell people, hear it like this. When you say no, and somebody says, can you please? Can you please? Sugar and spice. What they're really saying to you is, I don't give a F what you're talking about. This is what I need. And if you hear it that mm. way, you are not so quick to just throw yourself 
on the altar of whatever it is they yes. want. Because you hear saying, wait a minute, you hear them saying, I don't really care what you need. I don't care how uncomfortable you are. I don't care how this puts you back. Hey, mom, can you drive me to the store? Mom, I can't do it right now. I can take you at seven. Oh, please. Mom, I have kids to pick up. Like people, sometimes you have to set those boundaries with your family. And it's hard to do. It is. But at the end of the day, people treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Absolutely. Um, and, and that reminds me of, yeah. you know, being with our mates, our partners, our yes. intimate partners. How do we know our self-worth and what boundaries that we're prepared to set and what are deal breakers? Because I think those can be different, deal breakers and boundaries, right? Yeah. Like deal breakers are like, absolutely not. I'm not dealing with that. We are done. And boundaries are, you know what, I'm going to put this in place and see if you respect it. Yeah. And if you do, we can continue this relationship. And if we don't, adios. Well, I think. Um, boundaries and deal breakers are as individual as you and me mm-hmm. because I'm my own person. So um, I don't, I, I don't want to ever, okay. You know, like common females call each other to be word. Yes. I'm not that chick. I'm not that chick either. I'm not uh, me and my friends are like, Hey B like, that's a boundary for me. And if I'm with somebody and they can't seem to make the adjustment, they're mm-hmm. no longer my, like we can't kick it. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to be referred to that way. Um, But when we talk about um, boundaries and setting limits and deal breakers, I want to highlight and separate something really quick. So abuse is an absolute deal breaker. And Mm -hmm. abuse can be physical. It can be verbal. It can be emotional. um, It can be financial, um, spiritual. If you're being abused, that is an absolute deal breaker. We don't I don't have sessions with active abuse. Absolutely not. I mean, it's not healthy. We've learned this in school, right. things like that. But I, it reminds me of a time that you and I had a conversation, mm-hmm. Lissandra, over like a TV show we watched. Mm-hmm. And the man was actually being pretty aggressive verbally yes. with his wife. And it was just mean. It just, mm-hmm. it, it seemed like a, this was not okay moment. Right. And I felt like, well, maybe this is something they can work through. And you felt like, well, this this felt a little I, I, I could never do it. That yeah. is a deal breaker. Tyrone yeah. better not ever. My husband better not ever talk to me like that. Right. And I was like, eh, me and Derek curse at each other, then we cuss at each other. And so there we go with the yeah. individual boundaries right. and deal breakers. Right. But I think it's important that we provide some background on that. What did your parents model to you with cursing? So my parents, A, didn't, they didn't curse. Like I heard my father say a curse word, like if you bump his head, like it just, it was always funny. My parents didn't curse. And so at the, (laughs) um, at the height of the argument, my father called my mother all the time, woman. He'd be like, hey, woman, good to see you, woman. Like that was her nickname. He called her woman. And when he was really, really angry with her, he'd be like, woman, and my, my mother, okay, I'm just going to go and say it. Sorry. Um, my mother called everybody a nigga. Yeah. So at the height of the argument, it was woman, please, and nigga, please. Like, that was the fight. Like, there was no cursing ever. So I'm not going to be in a relationship with a partner that thinks that's, I'm not even going to hook up with the guy, forget marriage. Mm -hmm. Cause if that's how you talk, we are not on the same page. So for Lysandra, that's a deal breaker. And for me, I was more open to, if that's how you express yourself, that's how you express yourself. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily what I grew up in, but I'm okay with it. 
right? As long as it's not abuse, but there's a difference there that you're trying to point out. And so I can be aggressive yeah. with my conversation and not be abusing you. Right. And, and you're right. We need to make a clear distinction between that because I don't want people to leave this episode thinking their husband or their wives are abusing them. Right. There's a difference. And so how, how would you point out that difference if you can go more into that? Okay, let me define abuse because I was going to do that. Um, do but you know why? Because in that, in that show we were talking about the one guy who was aggressive and then we talked about the other guy who was not aggressive at all, but he was extremely emotionally abusive. Ooh, yes. And so um, let me just define this. Physical abuse is any intentional act that causes injury or trauma to another person or um, thing, like a cat dog. Mm-hmm. Um, verbal and emotional abuse is defined as a range of words or behaviors that are used to manipulate, intimidate, and maintain, maintain power and control over someone. And that includes insults and humiliation and ridicule and the silent treatment attempts to scare, isolation, and control. And so at the end of the day, if you remember none of that, Remember that abuse is about power and control. Mm. At the heart of abuse is I want to have power and control over you. That's big. And and control looks different in so many ways, right? Like I could be controlling your time. I can be controlling how you dress, Mm -hmm. controlling your finances, controlling what you say. Yes. It it can go so far. Mm -hmm. But recognize if you're in that pattern, we definitely want you to get some support and some help, right? That's not normal. Right. No, I don't care how much you've seen it. It's not normal. It's not okay. It's not okay. And we we would be remiss to not say this. If you are in an abusive situation, you must seek support from a domestic violence um, agency. Most therapists are trained. Most therapists Mm -hmm. should know how to deal with that. However, they do have specifics. And the reason specific agencies, domestic abuse is hard to leave. Um, It is very true that the most dangerous time for a person leaving an abusive relationship is when they leave. They they are often at a threat to their safety. Um, So we don't want you to confuse abuse with aggressive language. We don't want you to confuse um, abuse and just being aggressive. People can be aggressive and jerks, but that's not abuse. Absolutely. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. I hope our listeners understand that. Mm -hmm. And so, Lysandra, Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about where your values and your deal breakers are rooted in. We discussed a little bit about the family, but, you know, you might have more that you want to add to that so that our listeners can kind of dive into these different arenas to decide what their values are. Okay. That makes sense because growing up, my parents instilled a lot in me. Like I, I'm, I'm blessed, and I say that all the time. Um, my, my parents poured a lot into me. I was raised in the church. I was raised in it, but it wasn't mine. That was my parents. You know what I mean? Their thing. Um, but God became very real to me, and so my values are directly shaped. And my deal breakers are directly shaped and rooted in knowing who I am in God. And so it's now this very personal relationship. And as I walk out my relationship with God, then those my my life looks, I try to pattern my life to look like what I think would please God. Absolutely. I think I also like pick and choose 
based on the interactions around me. So even my relationship with God, Mm -hmm. how he is so gentle with me and caring and loves me no matter what, that is a value that I expect from my husband. Absolutely. Right? And expect to do with myself that I don't beat myself up if I make mistakes. I take that from him. Um, And then, you know, interacting with just like my my cohort members from grad school or my in-laws, they are a very quiet family. Mm -hmm. They don't argue. They don't fuss. Ain't no drama. I come from the opposite type family. We are very loud. We don't care what you have to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we hurt your feelings, you know I still love you, but you should have done better, (laughs) right? And so I look at his family and I'm like, you know what? I don't like how quiet they are, so I'm not going to be quiet, but I am going to be more respectful Mm -hmm. than maybe what my family has shown me. Mm -hmm. So kind of really picking and choosing and then putting it inside of you to really, you know, live out and engage with is important. Absolutely. And so, and so I like the way you pull that out. And that's what we need to do is as we are um, living out our life and having these experiences, um, they shape us very differently. And so as I live out and I get to know my husband um, and his family and how they operate and vice versa, we start to make adaptations and shifts so that we become our best selves because mm-hmm. our parents, as great as my parents were, they were not perfect. Like, yes. please don't make me, I, I don't even think that. And so, but it's talking about value. And so you don't, you want to make sure that you don't allow other people to devalue you. Mm, that, and that's big. I think we have to really discuss when do we leave versus when do we stay and work through it? Because you're right. Like some people might be devaluing us in the moment, Mm -hmm. but if we stay, maybe they'll start valuing us, right? Like maybe some people can change because I do believe in change, Mm -hmm. except there are some deal breakers that you're going to cross and I I can't allow you the space to wait for you to respect me. Yeah. Right. And so I want to I want to go there. Like, how do we know when we need to move on versus when we need to stay put and I, give it a chance? I think it's an individual decision, mm. honestly. And it's based on how you see your worth. It's based on your deal breakers. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Um, when you're done, you're done. And that sounds simple um, for all of those people out here in our in our listening land that cook. When you cook food, how do you know when it's done? I don't cook. Oh, oh my like gosh. Cook. Well, I cook. So for those of us that cook, this is going to work for you. Shelby's going to give you a different example yes, that yes. works for her. Mm-hmm. But for me, as a cook or a baker, when something is done, you cannot convince me. I'm not emotional about um, about whether or not my turkey is done or whether or not this chicken is mm-hmm. done. I am certain that my meal is complete. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more of an, a relational example, if, mm-hmm. if you will. I love that example. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But for me, I had a relationship I was in for years, and there was infidelity both ways. I'll be honest, right? Both ways. Disrespect on levels that I don't even feel comfortable discussing. However, every time we would break up, it would be like, you know, I still want to be with you. We have this history. We're going to build, blah, blah, blah. And very emotional in the process. Well, at one point, it came down to this is my boundary. You cheat again. We're done. Mm-hmm. And I really believed that. And so when it did happen, wasn't no emotions attached to that. No emotions. It was so logical for me that it was like, 
you know, you screwed up. I gave you too many chances. I'm, I'm done. And so your body will let you know when you're done, done with someone. Absolutely. It's going to be logical. You're not going to feel emotional with it. Um, you just got to move on. Yeah. So at that point in time, I came to the realization I deserve better than this. Absolutely. I deserve better than you and all the shit you put me through. And I was able to go mess with the next guy. (laughs) (laughs) So if we're going to say anything, here's what we want you to take away. You deserve better. Amen. Period. With the T. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. We are so excited that you got to join us in all of these gems we dropped. But this is and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We are on every platform where you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, um, like and share. Subscribe, like and share. And thank you for joining us in the lab. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.